At Alina Health, it's our mission to provide exceptional care, prevent illness, restore health, and provide comfort to all people in our community. Here's your host, Melanie Cole, with the WellCast. The USDA and Department of Health and Human Services recently updated the dietary guidelines, the rules we should follow in our approach to food. My guest today is Lauren Bromerick. She's a registered dietitian with United Hospital. Welcome to the show, Lauren. Everybody's been hearing about this in the media. Tell us what are some of the major changes in the new dietary guidelines. So the new dietary guidelines have um, a few changes, particularly focusing on added sugars, sodium, and cholesterol. Um, and they changed a few of the percent recommendations. For instance, sugars should be less than 10% of your daily caloric intake. Sodium intake should be less than 2,300 milligrams. And less than 10% of your calories should be coming from saturated fats. And then also they're now showing that dietary cholesterol is no longer considered a nutrient of concern. Well, that's a huge change right there, and we'll get into that one just a little bit more. But how often does the USDA update these guidelines? And so as a result, people are taking these rules and now applying them. Sure. So they change them um, every five years. So technically, these ones are late. These new ones are the 2015 to 2020 dietary guidelines. So do you think that these guidelines are important for us to follow, or do you think that they are common sense kinds of rules that we should have been following all along anyway? Well, I think it's important to um, take into account these guidelines just because they're focused on science-based, evidence-based research. And so I think that, um, you know, listening to research is important, but some of it might be common sense as well. So I'd like to talk about what you mentioned, the dietary cholesterol is no longer a big nutrient of concern as we look at inflammatory processes and that cholesterol may not be the contributor we always thought that it was. Tell us what this means for people and what they should be looking for when they're looking at labels. So you're right. Cholesterol isn't a nutrient of concern anymore. They're actually finding that saturated fat are what causes um, increased levels of cholesterol in the blood. So when looking at labels, try to focus on foods that are lower in saturated fat and not necessarily focus on the cholesterol levels. So for example, now eggs are, are considered okay. So you can incorporate eggs into a healthy, balanced diet, but you might want to limit um, meats with saturated fats like sausages or bacon. So even those more processed foods, and that's sort of what it comes down to, Lauren, doesn't it? As you tell us a little bit more about the sodium and the added sugar, some of these just scream processed foods as, as compared to whole foods. Exactly. So um, in general, if you are eating less processed foods, you're likely eating less sodium, less added sugar, and probably less saturated fat as well. So what do you look for on the label for added sugars and sodium? You mentioned 2,300 milligrams a day total. So that's pretty easily read on a label how many milligrams a particular product has. But what about added sugars? What do you want the listeners to know? So for added sugar, um, one of the main things to avoid would be soda or pop. That's one of the um, the biggest things that have added sugar. You can also avoid things like candy bars would have added sugar. Um, if you're looking at a label, you could look for sugar in the ingredients list. Um, 
but pretty much anything that's a dessert, anything processed, will likely have added sugar as well. What about refined sugars and refined things like flours and pasta and things that are not whole? Does it mention any of those? So um, just briefly looking at the dietary guidelines, they did recommend incorporating at least half of your grains, making them whole grain. And so to find a whole grain, you can look at the, the label on, let's say, a piece of bread. If you look at the label and it says whole wheat flour, that would be a whole grain. Um, on the opposite scale of that, if it says refined white flour, that would be a refined grain. So try to incorporate at least half of your grains, um, make them whole grain, and that could be whole, whole wheat bread, whole wheat pasta, oatmeal, barley. Those are just some examples of whole grains. Well, it's true that people don't always know what that exactly means when you hear whole grains and where we're finding those kinds of things. And then they hear about products like quinoa and bulgur and these things that they don't know what to do with. What do you tell them, Lauren, when they say, what do I even do with this stuff? Well, I, I, I try to figure out um, what kind of grains they tend to lean towards. So if they haven't had quinoa before, I would tell them how to use it in a dish. But usually I say if, if a dish has, let's say if it has rice in it, you can incorporate um, quinoa or barley in place of that rice. And that's how I usually um, explain how to incorporate these new whole grains that people may not have used before. So then what would you tell people about taking these new guidelines and making some of those changes? Because some of them are hard to make. They are. Um, The first thing I tell people is to try to focus on one small goal to begin with. So, for example, if you drink two Cokes a day or some sort of soda every day, try to dwindle that down to maybe half. So maybe try to just do one pop a day. And then if you reach that goal, you can try to eliminate it completely. But start small, focus on one goal, and then when you're finished with that goal, you can focus on a new one. And the website, choosemyplate.gov. Do you recommend this to some of your listeners? Because it does help put this out a little bit and explain some of it. Yes, I do recommend that website a lot. They have really great resources. They have information on how to incorporate whole grains. It shows you a plate. Um, which shows you how much of each food you should be getting. And it's a general way to figure out how big of portions you should be getting for each food group. Lauren, calories aren't spoken about much in the dietary guidelines. Why is that? They're not. Um, And I think they avoided the calories and specific portion sizes for people because they wanted to give a general general guidelines for everybody and then allow different families and different individuals to figure out what portion size works for them because one portion size or one calorie level may work for one person, but it might not work for somebody else. And now on to proteins with so many diets out there being protein strong and limiting certain types of carbohydrates. And what do you tell people when they come to you and they say, well, I'd like to try a really heavy protein diet. And what do the new guidelines speak about protein? So for protein, what they're recommending is to focus on lean protein. So they're not really From what I read, they're not giving you a certain amount, but they're focusing on the the type. So a lean protein would be um, a chicken breast or a turkey breast or 
a lean percent ground beef. So what I tell people is to try to focus on the type of proteins they're consuming and try to choose the leanest protein that they can. Now, in just the last few minutes, give your best advice for hearing about these new guidelines and what they mean for people and what you really want people to know about them. Well, I think my best advice is to consume everything in moderation. So when you're looking at these guidelines, you notice that they're not saying, don't consume any sodium, don't consume any sugar. They're telling you less than a certain number. But if you eat everything in moderation and you're cutting out a lot of processed foods, it's very easy to meet these recommendations. So if you need to make um, changes, do it slowly, incorporate one of the recommendations at a time, and just try to eat a well-balanced diet that incorporates each of the food groups. That's great advice. Thank you so much for clearing all that up for us today, Lauren. You're listening to The Wellcast with Alina Health. And for more information, you can go to alinahealth.org. That's alinahealth.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.